I am Beto, and this is Modern Immigrant. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Modern Immigrant. As always, so, so happy that you're here, ready to explore an immigration story. Thank you for joining us. Remember that you can check out our Instagram at Modern Immigrant, where we're always sharing more info about our guests and each episode. And you can also check out our website, modernimmigrant.net, where we share more information about our merch, our book club, and all of the stuff that we are doing. Today, Sean is sharing his immigration story. Sean is originally from England, and he met in England one of my best friends, Diana, who was also in Modern Immigrant in Season 2. And he has been able to experience the challenges that Diana had to experience in England. And now he is experiencing immigration in Mexico, in Monterrey, where Diana is originally from. So he's going to share the things that he has been seeing from the immigration system in England, also the things he's learning from being a immigrant in Mexico, the differences, the things he's learning, and he's also acknowledging his own privilege on how things are playing out for him, which I think it's a really important point of view and perspective that we also need to explore and learn from. Sean also talks about having dyspraxia, which is also known as developmental coordination disorder, and how is that affecting him in his immigration process, in learning a new language, in communicating, in writing, because some of this things are a little bit challenging for him, especially when being in a new country. So Sean, give us a message at the end of hope and um, an amazing learning that I think a lot of immigrants can learn from, especially if you're doubting about immigrating, if you're doubting about jumping into this experience because you don't know how things are going to be. I think he talks about the importance of support, of having people right by your side, and just hope. So thank you so much for being here. Enjoy this episode. Don't forget to share if there's something that you enjoy, or if this was an episode that you learned something new, tell me. I love hearing from you, and I love when I read your comments. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe or subscribe in any of the podcast platforms that we're at. Also, I want to say thank you to each of you who have been donating to buymeacoffee.com modern immigrant all of those donations it can be small it can be big any amount counts and is supporting this podcast production is the reason why we're still here so thank you so much for being here and i'll see you Um, and today I'm with Sean, a modern immigrant. I'm really excited that you are here and I'm really grateful for Diana uh, for making this connection. So welcome, Sean. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Ah, is this your first podcast interview or you have done others? The first. Oh, first. nice. I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> I think everyone starts a little bit nervous and then they realize that is just a conversation and I'm sure uh-huh. we're going to have a great time. Yes. <laughs> Awesome. And Sean, something that's very common in this podcast when we started this interview is is to ask, when did your immigration journey start? And I'm sure you have had different experiences as an immigrant. So we would love to hear, um, yeah, what those experiences have been. Well, I guess it started when Diana left England. We weren't sure what was going to happen in terms of her coming back to Europe. Mm-hmm. Just that it was going to be very difficult for mm-hmm. her to do that, especially anytime soon. 
Mm. Um, and so then we started thinking about whether I would come here and when. Mm -hmm. And initially, I was going to work until the end of August okay. in England. And Why did you work on, so people get to know? Uh, in England, I just um, washed pots. Nice. Um, I've always worked in kitchens, and at times I've worked as a chef in England, it's called a line cook. Okay. Um, but I always found that very stressful. Mm, I and bet. Yeah. And that mm. was mostly when I was living in Wales with my mother. Um, but I'm from Sheffield. Okay. And that's where I met Diana. And... I moved back to Sheffield and started, at first I worked collecting glasses in the bar of this vegan restaurant. Nice. Um, and that was very fun, but I only got two days work a week. Um, and I started doing that because I absolutely didn't want to work in a kitchen again because yes. the last job I had before that in a kitchen was very stressful. Mm. Um but then, because the job was only available at the weekends, I ended up having to wash dishes as well. Oh, wow. Um, but then I started to realise that I really enjoyed being in a kitchen, just not doing all the high-pressure work. Right. I not liked being in the kitchen and washing the dishes. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then, so I was planning to come at the end of August, and then, I decided because it was my birthday in July that I would come two days before then instead. Oh, wow. Um, and so the last couple of weeks before I left, I did 50-hour weeks at work. That's a lot. <laughs> which is the most I've ever worked in two weeks. Yeah. And how was that decision to, like, was it difficult to make that decision? Were you, what was your, kind of like your initial plan was to just go and visit were you planning you were going to stay for a longer period of time like because it sounds like it was like your first time kind of going visiting Mexico too right yes so in the end I think we decided because Diana was looking at applying for PhDs in Europe she was looking to start in January the idea was that I wouldn't need to apply for a visa if it was only for six months Okay. How is for a for a person that comes from England to travel to Mexico? That's gonna like. Do you need a tourist visa? Or? So, I need a permit, which was essentially just filling out a form okay. at the airport, and they. Diana said they might interview me because sometimes they do, but it was likely that they wouldn't because I'm from England and I'm an English speaker. Mm. Um, and that turned out to be the case. I I filled out the permit online so because I'm not very organised um, and my handwriting isn't great because I've got dyspraxia. So rather than have to work out what to write, mm. I had the form printed off and oh, then I filled, it, I filled it out 
I filled out the permit on the plane just before I landed. And then, yeah, I took it to the desk and they stamped it and they gave me the card that comes at the bottom of the permit, which is my permit to stay for six months. For six months. It sounds pretty easy, the process for someone that wants to do like a visit to Mexico. It doesn't seem to be very complicated. Okay. So how was your experience arriving to Mexico and experiencing that culture i'm sure you were able to experience some of the culture with diana while you were meeting her back in england but it's so different right it's definitely not the same as being in the country mm -hmm. um yeah it was, it's been quite intense i guess yeah monterey is not how i expected mexico to look <laughs> it's very big and very flashy mm -hmm. and a lot of it looked expensive Uh, what were your expectations? Because I think that's very interesting. I think we all move to another country or travel with a set of expectations that usually are not the same when we get there. I guess uh, the only traveling I'd done before this was I went to Nepal. Mm -hmm. And I guess I expected it to be similar in some respects. Um, and it is in that, even though Monterey is very big and some parts of it seem quite flashy, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it also seems recently developed. It's more extreme in Nepal, mm. but it feels yeah. sort of similar in that respect. Um, yeah. And yeah, I guess I expected it to be more like that. Yes, yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, I think you use a very important word, which is intense. I think mm -hmm. that's a, a really good way to kind of like put the experience of an immigrant those first few months, right? Like you're still fairly new and everything comes kind of fast and, and it's a different culture, different language. Um, How's your Spanish? Has that been a barrier? It's definitely been a barrier. It's okay. um, coming along very slowly. Okay. Um, because I have learning difficulties, it takes me a very long time to grasp new things in general. My issues extend to my communication skills, mm -hmm. even in English. Okay. Um, so learning a new language has been very difficult yeah and i mean i think a lot of the experiences of learning a new language once we're adults it makes it so much harder right than yes. when we were kids so you're adding right like and you're mentioning there's other stuff that makes it for you difficult so i have to say that you you're really brave on taking a, on that adventure because i'm sure that as you said it's been a lot of different things right yes <laughs> So it takes a lot of courage. Um, what have been some cultural shocks that you think you have experienced? I guess the thing that's seen the most different for me is the culture around working in Mexico. Okay. Um, it was shocking for me to learn people in Mexico are expected to work almost all the time mm -hmm. and there's no regulated contracts or set hours and 
there's a lot of pressure to do it seems like workplaces in Mexico don't consider mental health in the same way as they do in England people are expected to work a lot and to feel grateful to have work even if it's making them unwell or making them miserable it seems like people are reluctant to admit when they're sick or unable to do work um as it might cost some money or they'll be judged negatively for it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems that that's quite problematic right now because we're in the pandemic. And if people are ill, they really shouldn't be going to work. Right. Wow, you're bringing such an interesting uh, point by talking about the work culture. Mm-hmm. Um I see some of that here in the U.S. when, you know, seeing the Latino community and other immigrants here, how we really live for work, right? And and we have to be grateful and you better don't even think about complaining um, because we're given this amazing opportunity, right? But the work that you're doing is it's difficult. And, mm-hmm. and as you said, we need to take in consideration mental health and physical health and mm-hmm. more during a pandemic. So I'm really glad that you're bringing this. That would have been for me a shock as well, like arriving to a country where that's not a value, I guess, like asking for help or realizing that you need to take a break or right. Like that has to be difficult. And, and, and this is, I think, a good point to talk about something that I feel like it is important to discuss as immigrants, which is our mental health and which is the own struggles that sometimes we can have in adapting to a new country, right? So would you be able to speak to us about, yeah, your own challenges and how this immigration living in a different country can make those challenges kind of harder to deal with? Yeah, so I guess not so much when I was younger, but sort of in the past 10 years or so, um, uh, a couple of people in my life had died. And um, I think coupled with the fact that I have dyspraxia and I have- Could you, I would would just want to stop you right there so you can share with with us what's what's that (laughs) so we can learn from you. Ah, right, there we go. So that's good idea. Thank you. Dyspraxia is a, learning disorder um it's sometimes called developmental coordination disorder it affects my ability to organize things um as well as things like fine motor skills um mm-hmm. so my handwriting is not very good at all and all through school I either had a laptop or someone to write for me in exams it also affects my communication okay um i forgetful and clumsy at times learning new things can take can sometimes take a lot longer for me mm. than other people um living with this at times it affects my confidence and can generate anxiety in social situations and in situations where i have to be organized mm. um In terms of being an immigrant, uh, it made traveling here on my own uh, very daunting because I feel I was quite organized and prepared and 
I flew from Manchester and stayed with my aunt and uncle for three days. And we, I was already packed at that point. And so I spent three days going through all my documents and making sure everything was ready. And even then I was still like anxious that I missed something or that I would lose something important between England and Mexico. And yeah, it was That's difficult. quite intense. And it's stressful and it's scary and it can be, yeah, it's as you're saying it overwhelming and I'm, Honestly, I appreciate you talking about this and opening mm -hmm. up about this because I feel like a lot of the times, you know, thinking about the people that are, are listening to the podcast and hearing different stories and, you know, sometimes they hear, you know, all that is going well and the successes and that's what we see on Instagram and on social media. Mm -hmm. But I really like to create a space where we can be honest about mm -hmm. Things that have been challenging, right? And and also sending a message that if somebody's listening and feeling unsure about maybe their own difficulties, that you know, being an immigrant, immigrating, traveling can still be an option, right? It's just definitely it it can maybe be difficult in certain areas, but it's is something that I would like people not to shut off completely and think that that's not for them. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. 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 And and I think you're sending us that message, right? Like, did you ever thought you were going to do something like that in the past? Um, no, I mean, as I say, I went to Nepal, but I went uh, with an NGO. So it was all organized. Mm -hmm. And the particular charity that I went with were, in England is renowned for safety. Mm -hmm. Okay. And for planning expeditions and covering all the bases with regards to looking after the people who go on their expeditions. So I really wasn't traveling alone. Right. Ever when I went to Nepal. I was, mm -hmm. It was, I guess, at least 60 volunteers who wow. went. A lot of support. Um, and then team leaders who were all who were volunteers but they were all trained mm -hmm. and knew what they were doing and yeah and that so. was traveling there and then when we were volunteering in the villages there was it was a group of 13 of us including the team leaders so I was never alone mm. for the whole two months that I was there so this this going to Mexico was your first time traveling alone. Yes, absolutely. and so far too, like <laughs> it's a long one. It's a how long was the flight? Like you said, you went to Manchester, but how was the whole journey? So I think it was it left three p.m. in England on okay. the thirteenth of July, which I guess was nine p.m. Oh, in Mexico. Okay. And then I arrived on the 14th of July at 8 a.m. I flew from Manchester to Amsterdam, wow. Amsterdam to Mexico City, and then Mexico City to Monterey. That's such a long trip. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. did everything went fine? Did you miss something like how was the whole experience um 
No, I think it mostly went okay. The only thing that went wrong is I bought new sunglasses that morning and then put them straight into my rucksack. So when I arrived, they were scratched. Oh, okay. That was the worst. That's okay. That was the worst thing that happened. So I did okay. well. What a success. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. And that's really a long trip. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's far, it's stressful, it's a lot. So I'm glad to hear that you make it, you made it. Um and yeah, I mean I think it's really inspiring what you're sharing and and what you're talking about. I also wanted to ask you, and I guess this is part of your experience as a migrant in Mexico, which, you know, I think a lot of people sometimes, a lot of immigrants talk about discrimination and rejection mm -hmm. when they arrive to the USA and they are, for example, from Mexico. Like that's a very common situation when some people might feel discriminated. And I do have to admit that a lot of people that might be listening would assume or think that because you're white and you come from England, you have no wishes in Mexico. But I want to ask you if that have been your experience or if you have experienced something negative or not as positive. Well, so I was just talking with Diana about this because I was looking at the talking points and mm -hmm. I really don't feel like I have experienced negative discrimination. Okay. Um, except I have noticed that people treat me more positively because I'm English and because I'm white. Um, very obvious that that's the case. Wow. Mm. Yeah. I, I saw stuff like that. I'm from Venezuela and I, I have seen people doing that with tourists right, or people that mm -hmm. come from other countries, um, which is sometimes crazy, right, um, that we would treat people differently in such a noticeable way, right? Well, um, and as Ladiana said, I noticed at the airport there was Spanish speakers traveling to mm -hmm. Mexico, and submitting the same form as same forms as me and getting interviewed and questioned about their stay whereas she just gave me a stamp um didn't ask anything through yeah. how does that make you feel or yeah how how are those experiences kind of make you feel or what do you think about that because i'm sure Maybe it was something you were taking for granted before, right? Like people will be treated fairly or I don't know. Has that been a surprise to you? Um, uh, I think especially with the way Diana had to leave England, mm. um, it kind of made me ashamed of the attitudes where I am from. Um, because I was always raised to be very open and accepting and especially recently Brexit it seems the negative attitude towards immigration in the UK is very loud and very vocal yeah that coupled yeah. with the fact that Diana was basically forced to leave and she had no way to come back 
That's really difficult. And I think a lot of the times in relationships where one person is the immigrant and the other person is not, I I think that's something really positive about immigration, right? That we get to teach another person or show another person our culture. There's a really interesting exchange. And sometimes there's some realizations, right, about our own cultures and our own countries in terms of how they treat or receive people. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that that has been some of the experience. And I, I know because Diana is, one of my best friends, how difficult that was for her. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a reality that a lot of immigrants have to experience, and it's unfortunate. Um, Why would you say that immigration is good? Again, I think being from England, even though right now the tone is the opposite, the Mm -hmm. stuff that I'm seeing the vocal minority would suggest that the island overall has very negative attitude towards immigration. Mm. Britain is a very multicultural place. And a lot of my favorite things about British culture come from immigration and come from the fact that it's been an island that's been visited by so many different cultures for generations and generations. And I feel, especially with the UK's history across the world, that that's how it should be. Because we've convinced so many people globally that we're such a great place to live. That we should just be letting them live. I've always found it to be a positive thing. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that. I think that's really beautiful and important and something that we always need to keep in mind. I think the things we like, the things we use, the things we do, how affected are by other cultures and by other countries. I have two last questions. One is in the outline and one is something I just am curious to hear. And that is what has been your favorite thing about Mexico? The thing that you're enjoying the most, even if it's a meal or a cultural tradition or I don't know I'm just curious uh the food in general like um it's interesting to me that's another thing that England um owes a lot to immigration is when people from other cultures ask me about English food um Traditional English food is very boring because <laughs> we there's no interesting spices like flavors or, yes. or flavors that are naturally occurring in England because it's just a cold little island um, off the coast of Europe. There's not much going on. Um, so all of our food is imported from other places around the world. Um, And so that's one of the things I love about Mexico is a lot of their traditional food is very vibrant and diverse and delicious. Yes, I think that's something that we all love from Mexico, even though I have never been there. (laughs) The food that I get from 
from Mexico here in Seattle is so amazing. And everybody tells me that it's 10 times better if I go to Mexico. So I can't wait to go. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I guess I'd never really, I liked what Britain calls Mexican food, um, but I never really tasted real street food from Mexico. Yes. And it's very, very good. And yeah. also I like ceviche, which is, oh. Yes. Amazing. Ceviche is the best. Do you think that a person that has no Spanish and they don't know any Spanish and if they travel to Mexico and they don't have anyone that speaks Spanish, would they struggle or you think it's easy to get around with English? Um, I think it depends because um, I don't often go out alone because right. of my level of Spanish. Um, but I think it seems like a lot of people do speak English more than I would have thought. And I imagine if you go to places where there's a lot of tourism, uh, the number of people who speak English would be higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. It definitely, I'm sure it depends on the area and the city. Mm-hmm. Great. So lastly, to finish this interview, which have been really amazing to get to know more about your experience in Mexico, I would love for you to kind of share a message or, or why would you tell immigrants that might feel that, you know, they're not ready to emigrate, maybe because they also have a learning disability, maybe they have another kind of disability and they feel that yeah that they they are unsure of doing it would you like to tell them something uh yeah i mean i guess i was fairly nervous about um emigrating and specifically about um learning spanish um because again because it's difficult for me to learn anything and also because um i struggle with communication and it creates anxiety for me mm-hmm. um obviously i have support here which i guess is not not going to be the same for everybody's case um but i think if i am able to do it and overcome my challenges then I think probably most people would be able to and if they really want to do it then they should. Yes I love that message so much I love that you share the importance of support and that having a support system and having the desire I think that's already half of the way of the of the journey having that desire and and giving it a try knowing that there's going to be people there to cheer you up and support you so i'm so grateful that we had this interview i'm really glad that i got to listen to your story and yeah thank you for being in modern immigrant sean that's okay thank you for having me i really yeah i wish you the best in what's next in the next few months and in best of the luck for diana as well thank you so much 